نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ربنا زدنا علما The Book of Knowledge What is Al-Ilm? What is Al-Ilm? Knowledge? Okay. What is Knowledge? Knowledge of the Deen? Okay. If somebody asks you, what is this ilm, ilm that you keep saying? And they ask you, what is knowledge? For example, a child asks you, what are you going to tell them? How would you explain it? To know about something? Idraq shay To perceive something? To know the reality of something? Beneficial information? To be aware? To come out of the state of ignorance? Okay, to know something and then act upon what you know as well? Al-ilm is the opposite of jahl. It is the opposite of ignorance. So it is to know something as it is. To know something as it is. To have the correct information about something. To know about its reality. And it is to have the absolute, to have the certain, to have the actual information about something. To have the actual, certain, absolute information about something. And remember that whenever al-ilm is mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah, like over here, Imam Bukhari is dedicating an entire kitab of his book to Kitabul Ilm, right? Al Ilm. Ilm then refers to Ilmu Shari. It refers to religious knowledge. Because there are many, many types of Ilm out there. However, whenever Ilm is praised in the Quran and Sunnah, whenever its excellence is mentioned, whenever its reward is mentioned, which kind of knowledge is it? It is the knowledge of the Sharia. It is the Ilm of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed on His Messenger. Of bayinat, of huda. So in other words, it is ilmul wahi. It is the knowledge of revelation. It is the knowledge of the fiqh, the understanding of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa When al-ilm is mentioned, it refers to shari'i ilm and not worldly knowledge. It does not refer to the knowledge of worldly matters. Why? Because we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he said that مَن يُرِدِ اللَّهُ بِهِ خَيْرًا يُفَقِّهُ فِي الدِّينِ He gives him the understanding of the religion. Similarly from another hadith we learn that إِنَّ الْعُلَمَاءَ وَرَثَةُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ That the scholars are the heirs of the prophets. وَإِنَّ الْأَنْبِيَاءَ لَمْ يُوَرِّثُ دِنَارًا وَلَا دِرْهَمًا and the prophets, they don't leave behind dinar and dirham, money, but وَإِنَّمَا وَرَّثُ الْعِلْمِ But rather they leave behind knowledge. فَمَنْ أَخَذَهُ أَخَذَ بِحَوْضٍ وَافِرٍ So whatever the messengers brought, whatever knowledge the messengers brought, that is al-ilm. And that is what is mentioned over here. And we see that the knowledge that the messenger wasallam brought, which knowledge is that? Of the sharia. And we see that when the Prophet ﷺ came to Medina, he saw the people farming in a particular way, planting their date palms in a particular way, and he advised them to do it differently. And when they followed his advice, and the result was not that great, they asked him that what happened. So the Prophet ﷺ told them that, أَنْتُمْ أَعْلَمُ بِشُؤُونِ دُنْيَاكُمْ That you are most knowing of the matters of your dunya. If ilm referred to worldly knowledge, then the Prophet ﷺ would be the most knowledgeable of worldly matters. 
because the one who is praised most for his knowledge, for his amal is who? The Prophet ﷺ. And if the virtuous knowledge was the one of dunya, then the Prophet ﷺ would have the most of it. He would be the one who is most knowledgeable. But he said, أَنْتُمْ أَعْلَمُوا بِشُؤُونِ دُنْيَاكُمْ So what about the rest of the knowledge? Like for example, of math, of science, of computers, of medicine, of you know psychology, you can say technology. What about all of this knowledge? Is that a waste? Does that have no benefit in our religion? It has no position in our religion? Many scholars, what they have said is that learning about worldly matters, this is fard kifaya. What is it? It's a fard kifaya. What is fard kifaya? It is an obligation that lies on who? The entire community. So even if a few individuals do it, it is sufficient. So it is an obligation then, isn't it? It is an obligation. It is necessary that we have doctors, that we have, you know, pediatricians, that we have scientists, that we have psychologists, we have different, different types of people. Why? Because that knowledge is important. It is such on which the livelihood of people depends on. If we have no farmers, we have no designers, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to live? You understand? So that knowledge is also important. But remember that worldly knowledge is like a wasila. It is a means. It is a means. A means to either khair or a means to shar. It is something that either leads to good or it is something that leads to evil. So for example, if the knowledge of worldly matters is a means to fulfill some religious obligation, to fulfill some religious duty, or for example, it is of benefit to people, then it is considered as a means to khair. And it is a virtuous act. So if a person gains knowledge of, for example, medicine, and he's helping people, and when people are ill, he helps them. He tells them what to eat, what not to eat. This is what, in a way, He's helping them perform their religious obligation because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to take care of ourselves. Our bodies are an amana on us. We have been told to eat that which is halal and tayyib. So if there are people who are facilitating that, their knowledge is a means to what? Khair. Therefore, that knowledge is what? Gaining that knowledge, practicing on that. What is it? It is all an act of worship. You understand? That is what? An act of worship. However, we cannot say that that ilm is equal to ilm of sharia. The ilm of sharia is always higher. The ilm of dunya, when it's beneficial, it is just an act of worship. Which means that all of the effort that is put into it, everything that is put into it, it is a means of gaining reward. Inshallah. If the intention is correct, and as we learned earlier, that a person also has hisbah, that he expects reward from Allah. If the worldly knowledge that a person is learning, if it is harmful, if it is harmful, then what? Is it a means of reward? No. Can a person learn that knowledge? No. You're not allowed to learn that knowledge even. If it is harmful, if it's going to harm people, if it's going to harm the world, if it's going to harm the creation, if it's going to harm ourselves. Can you think of something? For example, music. People go to college to learn, to study, to practice. They get training. They spend hours practicing. So this is something that is harmful. Why? Because it is harmful for the deen of people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden that. So learning that knowledge is what? Wrong. It is incorrect. You see, the army, do you think that's not necessary? For the defense of a country? 
for the protection of a country. I'm not talking about which country. I'm just saying in general. Isn't it necessary? It is. So if a person goes into that, and obviously it is correct, meaning he goes in the right one, there's no harm. Thirdly, if the knowledge that a person is learning is neither beneficial nor harmful, it doesn't really benefit people, doesn't even harm them. This is something that you enjoy doing. Then it is law. It is idha'atul waqt wal mal. It is a waste of time and wealth. What kind of knowledge falls into it? Poetry. We have learned about poetry in the Quran as well, in Surah Al-Shu'ara. And what did we learn? Is all poetry useless? No. There is poetry that is good. So for example, if you learned poetry or good English writing or good expression in school, in university, in college, do you think that was a waste? No. It has given you the ability to express yourself in a much better way. And if you use it for the deen, if you use it to help people, it is beneficial. But if you're just obsessing with it, there's no benefit in it. Like for example, people just like to memorize poetry. Okay, It's not that much of a culture and it's not that common in our culture. However, in many other countries and many of us where we originally come from, people love to memorize poetry, verses of poetry, and they quote verses of poetry like anything. Sometimes they're beneficial, but other times it's a little too much. Like I remember I saw one person, they had a notebook in which they had written so many verses of poetry, and whenever they would have a conversation, she would look it up and, you know, look for something that she could say just to amuse people, just to have fun. Okay, a little bit is okay, but a bit too much is kind of a waste. Any other knowledge that could come into this? Any other study? Like, for example, a person goes to study just for the sake of studying. Like, for example, you ask people, so you're doing college now, what are you studying? I don't know, I'm not sure. Okay, after two months, after two years, what are you doing? I don't know, I'm just completing a degree for the sake of completing a degree. It happens that initially a person doesn't know what to do, so they're figuring out, should I study this, should I study that? However, by the end of school, at least you should know what you're doing. And if a person is just in school for the sake of being in school, then they're learning something that they're not going to use to benefit nor harm, then this is a waste. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. And it is love. It is love. It's not useful at all. It's not a purposeful action at all. So when it comes to ilm, when it comes to knowledge, any kind of information that we're taking in, whether it is at school or it is from the television or it is something that we're reading on the internet or it is something that we're reading in a book, always have your filters on. What am I going to do with this knowledge? Is it going to benefit me? Is it going to be useful? Am I going to become better? Am I going to become worse? In a way, it is therapeutic. It is beneficial. It is helping a person in some way or the other. However, we see that Anything that is that a person learns, even if it's art, for example, even if it is, you know, henna designs or anything like that, anything you do, there should be a purpose behind it. You see, a believer, he should strive to make every act an act of worship, every act that would bring him reward. So you're learning art, good, but don't spend hours and hours and years and years on that. Also learn other things. Where a person is spending a lot of time, for example, painting because they feel that this is like it's healing, you know, it helps them. Hmm? It helps them express themselves. It helps them to, you know, think properly. It really relaxes them. It's therapeutic. Good. But they should also use the Quran as a therapy. 
You understand? They should also use the knowledge of the Qur'an and Sunnah to heal them. Healing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls the Qur'an a healing. Shifa'un lima fi sudur. So other ways should be adopted. However, within a limit. Okay? And we should not ignore the main ilm, the actual, the real ilm. We should not ignore that. That whatever we are learning, ask. Am I benefiting myself? Am I benefiting other people? Am I coming closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this? Or is it just something that's going to be a burden? That's just going to stay behind. That's something that I'm going to forget in a year or two and that's it. If your concern is going to university and studying worldly knowledge, I mentioned to you earlier, al-ilm refers to shari knowledge. However, learning something of the dunya that could benefit you, that could benefit other people, that could benefit the deen, that could help you come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is beneficial. But if it's other stuff that you're learning that's not really benefiting you, other people in any way, then don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Study something that will actually benefit you. And remember that every skill that you have, every ability that you have, if it's beneficial, if it's useful, you can use it for the deen as well. Isn't it? Like for example, if a person is very good at art, don't you think we need people with a good sense of art, you know, to make Islamic material? To promote Islamic material? Of course. Similarly, don't we need people to design good Islamic websites? Yes. To make good Islamic videos? Of course. Of course we do. So, any skill that you have, use it for what? For the deen. So that, that entire process also becomes an act of worship. It doesn't go waste. However, the main ilm that is praiseworthy in our religion is which one? Ilm of the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ilm al-shari'i. And over here, Imam Bukhari, the first chapter, the first bab in this kitab is bab of fadlil ilm. The chapter of the excellence of knowledge. As I mentioned to you, the knowledge which is virtuous, that has fadl in our deen, the knowledge that we are encouraged to learn is the knowledge of the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not the knowledge of the dunya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised this knowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised the people who have this knowledge and Allah has encouraged His servants to gain this knowledge as well and to also benefit from it. And we see that ilm, gaining knowledge, is one of the most virtuous acts of our deen. It is in fact an act of worship as well. It's an amal salih and it's also an act of ibadah. Obviously ibadah that is tatawwur, voluntary. And we see that learning knowledge, this is a part of, this is a kind of jihad fi sabilillah. Struggling in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you think about it, the deen, how is it preserved? How is it established? By the study of the Qur'an, we see that the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is established, it is preserved in two ways. First of all, through ilm. And secondly, through qitab. But primarily, it is what? Al-ilm, knowledge. And that is to be given preference Precedence over qital even. We see that whenever the Prophet ﷺ, in fact, he did not fight any people unless and until ilm was conveyed to them. So what is primary? Ilm. And what is secondary? Qital. That is secondary. If you think about it today, a lot of Muslims are saying, you know, we should all get together and we should defend ourselves and we should fight together. Okay, dream on. What you need to do is gain knowledge and pass on that knowledge. That is the first step. The Prophet ﷺ for 13 years in Mecca, what was happening? 
ilm in Medina also what was happening ilm and eventually the time for qital came that is a later thing it's a secondary thing the primary responsibility on us is what to gain ilm and spread that ilm as well so ilm always takes precedence over qital over here Imam Bukhari he mentions وَقَوْلِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى and the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يَرْفَعِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ Allah raises who? those people who have believed among you وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُ الْعِلْمَ and also those people who have been given knowledge Allah raises those people in what? in darajatin in ranks meaning Allah elevates their ranks exalts them in their ranks wallahu bima ta'maluna khabir and allah is fully aware of whatever you do wa qawlihi azza wa jal and his statement the exalted the mighty rabbi zidni ilma o my lord increase me in knowledge there are many texts of the quran and sunnah that tell us about the excellence of knowledge the virtue of knowledge however imam bukhari mentions only two over here what are they that first of all it is a means of darajat And secondly, you can never have enough of it. It is a means of darajat. And secondly, you can never have enough of it. يَرْفَعِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ دَرَجَاتِ And secondly, رَبِّ زِدْنِي عِلْمَا And who is being commanded over here to make the su'a? رَبِّ زِدْنِي عِلْمَا The Prophet ﷺ. If he was told to pray for more knowledge, what about us? We can never ever have enough of it. Inshallah, we will continue. the study of this chapter in our next session subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh